saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Nobel Prize winning theologian and surgeon, Albert Schweitzer said, there are only three ways to teach a child. The first is by example. The second is by example. The third is by example. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I am your host, Spencer. This is my favorite person, Nikki. <laughs> and today we are talking about basically part two on our discussion about discipleship. So before we dive in, baby, do you have anything you want to say? Yes. Uh, we have a sermon up on our Discord channel. Um, it's about the book of Judges. And we just... Like if you guys subscribe to this channel and if you have any prayer requests, please put those up there too. Yep. And it's not entirely about the book of Judges, but he does go over Judges 21, 25, which is why we started this channel. So it was very important to us. So go give that a listen. It's from a great pastor uh, that we have gone to his church here in New Mexico Give that a listen, and then please throw your prayer requests, praise reports up on there as well. We want to rejoice with you. So before we dive in, baby, do you want to just give a quick recap about the things we talked about in episode one? Yeah, in episode one, we talked about what the ancient Hebrews, um, what a disciple was then, and compared that to what it, what Jesus taught that it was. And we went over how in the uh, churches in America, how there's a lack of discipleship going on and the importance of getting getting that back in the churches. Um, and how um, Bonhoeffer talked about we disciple because it's joy to disciple. Yep, definitely. Obviously, we're called a disciple, but there should be joy in your discipleship. Yep. So. That was kind of part one, just looking at sort of what is this thing of discipleship. And then today we're going to talk about sort of the disciple maker, you know, the person who is doing the discipling. That's kind of the idea of this show. And then stick around for Friday's episode, part three, where we look at being discipled and, you know, kind of how that should happen. So, yeah, I think that's a little bit harder. Yeah, I mean, that's hard for everybody. Everybody, everybody wants did. to be the, the leader. No one wants yeah. to be led, right? So that one will be a good episode. Make sure you, like like she said, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell notification so you don't miss it. And then if you're on the podcast, just stay tuned. And I think that'll be a good discussion. So today, like she said, we're talking about the disciple maker. Yeah. Um, and we just wanted to make sort of the first point on this is this idea that everyone is called to disciple or to be a disciple maker. You know, we made the point in the first episode that 
there is no like four step plan where like you're an unbeliever, then you're a Christian, then you get discipled, right. then you're a disciple maker. There, that's not the way it works. The way it works is you're an unbeliever, then you become a Christian, a discipler, and a disciple all in the same step. So mm-hmm. everyone is called to be a disciple. Yeah. You know, this is the great commission, right? This is what Jesus leaves us with. So if you want to read was... the the great commission. Yes. He says, go there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, teaching them to observe it, to follow it, all that he has commanded. Yeah. He doesn't say go and save people in every nation or go and preach the gospel. He says, go and make disciples yeah, of all nations. That's so, what we get hung up on is just preaching the gospel. We're all called to preach the gospel, but we seldom hear make disciples. Like yeah, you don't you just get people there. saved and then just leave them on their own. Like what you know, you need to teach them. If you're doing what Jesus did, you're being a teacher. You know, just, I got them saved. All right. I'm going to go do my own thing now. And that's, Yeah. And this doesn't mean that you don't have another calling on your life. You know, if you feel like you're called to be a pastor or you have the gift of prophecy and you're supposed to be a prophet, like those are all in addition to discipling. So if you're a pastor, you're a pastor and disciple maker. Mm -hmm. If you're a prophet, you're a prophet and disciple maker. So the disciple piece is essential. That's, that's the, that is the way that this Christian, like, cake is baked is through discipleship. It's not, you know, the way it was in the old Testament where God was leading them, you know, in a cloud of fire. So everyone could just see like, Oh, well, there's God. It's easy to understand. Mm -hmm. We like disciple making is Jesus's method of spreading Christianity. Like we already know there's a bad way people are being discipled already just with the lukewarm gospel that's preached that just get saved, but you know, Jesus understands we're never going to be perfect. So don't worry about it. Just hold on to that grace. And that's all that people are being taught. Like, okay. And if we don't change it up and follow everything that Jesus said to observe, we're going to completely lose the teaching of Jesus unless people don't get into, unless they get into the word themselves, which is what we also need to get back to. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need to get back to the word. And the thing that you'll find when you get into the word is it's laid out for you. I mean, like we just read the great commission, they tell you, Jesus tells you what to do. And you know, the apostle Paul tells us even how to do it. So it's not even something that we need to come up with on our own. The blueprint has been laid. So we pulled this from, uh, what is it? Romans 10. So if you want to read this from Romans 10, honey, Romans 10, 14, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And that's really like the step-by-step, like we're supposed to be doing the preaching and the teaching. Yeah, like this is literally Apostle Paul's four-step plan for (laughs) disciple-making. He literally says, uh, step one is you share your testimony. You find someone, you share your testimony. If their faith, so step two is if their faith is stirred, you lead them in a prayer of salvation, right? Um, mm -hmm. Step three 
after they're saved, you sort of teach them this full breadth of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And then step four is you send them out to do the same thing you just did for them. Yeah. Like that is the process that they should know how to do it by watching you do it for them. Like if you're following someone, then others can follow you as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the way Jesus did it. So that's kind of the first point. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is called onto this path. Like you might get off on another path or your path may lead you somewhere different, but it's always a branch from this disciple making path. And The point two that we wanted to make here is that discipleship is a call to action. So, you know, our sort of namesake, what this podcast is named after Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I pulled this quote from this book. I've referenced it before. Um, Eric Metaxas uh, biography on Bonhoeffer. It'll be linked in the description again, please go and read it. Bonhoeffer is an amazing man, but Bonhoeffer made this point um, in a letter that he wrote from the Teagle prison, you know, after he'd been arrested by the Nazis. And he said it like this. He said, mere waiting and looking on is not Christian behavior. The Christian is called to sympathy and action, not in the first place by his own suffering, but by the suffering of his brethren Mm -hmm. for whose sake Christ suffered. So you, if you call yourself a Christian, you have taken up a religion of action. Like, yeah. And that should be important to you. You know, um, even Paul, you know, when you go on and you read Romans 10, 14, if you continue on with that, he mm-hmm. goes on to say, um, well, if you want to read it. Oh, yeah, I have it up here. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Yeah, like in another version, the one that I pulled, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that word bring is an action word. Like Mm -hmm. if you're bringing something to someone, you're taking it to them, right? Like you're going to them to give it to you. They're not coming to you to get it. So that's an action word. How beautiful it Mm -hmm. is if you bring them this good news. They don't even know what they need to ask for. They're not going to come to you for something that they're clueless about. They don't know they need it. No, and we don't even see this. I mean, obviously all of discipleship is a reflection of what Jesus was on this earth. That's what we try to teach. And Jesus was a man of action, right? He didn't just Mm -hmm. sit around in his synagogue and wait for people to stumble in and go, oh, I'd love to learn what you're learning. That was was a big difference between the ancient Hebrew and Jesus. Yeah, the people came into the teachers, but Jesus just said, follow me. And so they watched him do things and heard him speak parables and that's something they never got from the teachers and the pharisees is all these deep parables and yeah but he said follow me 4 18 okay yeah um while walking by the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon and andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Like he didn't say, follow me to the synagogue so you can hear the Pharisees teach. Like, And that's what we do nowadays is my point is we we think all we got to do is invite people to church and then we never disciple them. We're just like, oh, get in the door and we'll just leave, leave it up to the pastor to disciple them. And we're probably even thinking disciple. We're just like, just keep them in church and, you know, they'll get it eventually. And then we just leave them. Yeah, and this, you know, it starts by saying Jesus was out walking by the sea. Like he was out. And obviously yeah. mm-hmm. if you read through it, you can 
come to the realization that Jesus was out on this sea for a reason. And it was obviously to call these men, Mm -hmm. but he was out amongst the people seeking these people out. Like she said, he wasn't just sitting around waiting for them to come in or, you know, he wasn't going down and be like, Hey, uh, there's a good teacher right over there. Like, let's go to the synagogue and listen to him. Like Jesus was actively in all throughout the, the Bible and all throughout Jesus's life. He's out amongst the people in the crowd. He's going from town to town. He's not having a revival in his hometown where everyone's got to fly in and bust in. He's demonstrating like how to love people and forgive people. And that's something that people weren't going to get by going into the temple. And he was just demonstrating the deeper things of scripture. You know, it wasn't a burden. He wasn't putting the people under a burden like the Pharisees would. Yeah. And that's like been a complete mind. I mean, we go to a church now that does like door-to-door outreach. Obviously, if you've been on our Facebook channel or on our Facebook page, you've seen some of the videos when we get back from our outreaches and like, it's weird. And like, even people in our own town are like weirded out by the fact that every week, multiple times a week, our church is out knocking on doors, going to stores and handing out flyers and talking to people. Just praying with people. It's like like for the gospel too. It's weird, but like, here's Jesus again. That's our example get out where the people are because the one, the lost people that you need to find aren't in church. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the world, man. You got to go find them. So that's kind of point two. And then the third point here that we wanted to make on this idea of you are called to be a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. And the point is, is your life righteous enough to claim as the apostle Paul claimed where he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Is your life holy and righteous enough where you can? I've talk never to heard people? anybody say that. Like, and obviously nobody is, right? We yeah. can't say I'm just like Jesus. So watch me. But it should be that goal and that burden that you place on yourself Imitate. as a Christ follower to get your life as right and as pure as you can. That yeah, when people see you, they're seeing sort of this yeah. image. But you can't be like imitate me every day of the week except Fridays when I go out with the guys. Or I go out with the girls on Friday. Would you want a new believer telling them to imitate you? Like, you need to be consistent in your walk. You don't get to have a cheat day of being a Christian and being a disciple maker. Yeah, and you know, because we talked about this in episode one where when Jesus came on the scene, this idea of discipleship changed to where you're no longer teaching my theology and my traditions and my way. Mm-hmm. All of discipleship is about teaching Jesus's theology, Jesus's traditions, his ways. And like she mentioned, you know, could you, you know, take this new disciple, this new follower that you've maybe led to the Lord and now you're helping him grow, you know, could you have him with you in the mornings when you wake up and in the evenings when you go to bed, you know, he, could he be there, you know, when you're with your friends, whether they're Christian or non-Christian and watch you and learn, could he look at what you're mm-hmm. looking at on the computer, right? Yeah, could there he... are moments where you wouldn't want that new believer around. You need to reevaluate your walk with the Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea. You're supposed to be teaching them what it looks like to be like Christ. Cause that's Mm -hmm. what, you know, the idea of a Christian is we're trying to be like Christ. So, you know, and this, as we were pondering this, like to me, this is basically that lack of discipleship that is almost, or it is in the process of ruining the American church. As far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. you know, 
it's like, you know, our lives are supposed to be, like I said, disciple makers, but I think like we're so personally screwed up in not following the path that we're supposed to be following, you know, that we can't like, we can't possibly even let people inside to actually see what we look like. Mm -hmm. You know, we put on a show for people, you know, our best life now on Facebook and stuff because we don't want them to know that truthfully we're a phony for the most part. You know, most Christians are phonies. Um, I mean, we've read through numbers on this show, the stats. Yeah. I mean, the idea that most of America is a Christian nation is just flat out wrong. It's not, um, you know, so you're kind of presented with two choices when it comes to this discipleship thing. And you can either keep everyone at arm's length and sort of only show them what you want to show them, or you can surrender your life to Christ and you can allow him to sort of make you holy so that you can, you know, grab the brothers and sisters around you and start to lead them in the way they're supposed to go. And, yeah. you know, it's not obviously easy, right? Or other right. people would be doing it. It's really humbling yourself too. And I don't know, part of being a disciple maker, like, would you want to go to the person you just, you know, converted to Christianity and confess your sins to them? Or would that be something you look up to your person who disciples you and do that yeah i mean you should want to you know they should be that model of you know like, christ-like i mean if you're willing to go and take your sins and your shortcomings to jesus and prayer and stuff i mean that's why we're supposed to be held accountable to mm -hmm. other people i mean you should have somebody in your life and we'll get into that more in mm -hmm. the disciple being discipled episode yeah. but yeah you should have that and um I don't know how many of us do, but we should be looking for it. And then kind of this last thing is, or this last idea on point three here is that being a disciple maker is being a leader. They're sort of yeah. the same thing. You're leading people in the faith. And, yeah. you know, just when I was kind of thinking about this leadership idea is that, you know, when you're being, when you are a leader, generally, you know, for the most part, whatever you're leading in, basically half the people are going to hate you. Half the people are going to love you in anything that you do. If you're a real leader, mm -hmm. you know, you can be a people pleaser and everyone loves you. Yeah, you but if you're a real work. leader, you have to make decisions. You have to do things that most people aren't going to like. And then, you know, the Bible even tells us that if you are a Christ follower, the world's going to hate you already. So you right. already have the world hating you. And then half the believers are probably going to hate you too. So <laughs> you have to be comfortable with this idea that you're not going to yeah. always be making people happy. I mean, Jesus wasn't, you know, how many times did he tell him you, you know, ye of little faith, like he was constantly, you know, riling up the Pharisees, half the religious people. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of the religious people in his time didn't like him, obviously. No, yeah. So, like if Jesus was crucified, like, why do we think it's going to be easy for us? If we're following him, we should expect to go through trials and be hated. Why would we get away with it? Yeah. So you can't be paralyzed by this idea of making people happy or keeping people happy when you're a disciple maker, you do what's right according to the Bible and you sort of let the chips fall where they may. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean you just, you know, you get in that thing where people are like, I just tell it like it is like, no, that's but not in love. They forget the yeah, in love you part. You walk in love and in, in Christ, you know, but if it, if it shakes yeah. 
some people up, then it shakes them up. So mm -hmm. um, as we get close to the end here, I just want to make this last point here. Point four uh, that we had was what does discipleship look like? Mm -hmm. And we wanted to look at sort of how you should be discipling in a sense. And the big thing here is that you're teaching God's word and not just teaching it, but how to apply it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't just teach it and apply it in some theoretical, you know, lofty ideas, but in a real world application, because that's what Jesus did, right? Like, um, when Jesus, he had his disciples with him when he was feeding the 5,000, mm -hmm. you know, they were with him and they watched him sort of defend and also define this faith to the Pharisees and they were with him when he showed, you know, love and compassion, healing the sick people. And they were even with him when he showed, uh, you know, like where he went for strength during his times of weakness. Yeah. So it wasn't just like some Sunday sermon that they went to, or like he put out a meme on Facebook, like they were with him and they watched him in his daily life. They so saw him when his flesh was weak, where he like wanted to, you know, in his flesh, he probably wanted to give up, you know, he had, he had to go and pray and be refreshed, renewed. He got weary too. And his disciples got to see that side of him. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. I mean, this idea of discipleship is they are, they're literally with you. Like this isn't just yeah. like a In theoretical, every, they yeah. are literally with you. And because they're with you, they're going to see the highs and the lows yeah. and they're going to see the way that you handle that as a man or a woman of God. And that's important. Um, and the second thing that you would do if you're discipling <clears throat> is you correct them when they're wrong. You yeah. know, if you correct your disciples when they're wrong. And if you want to read uh, Luke 9, 46 through 48. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you, among you all, is the one who is great. Yeah, and this is just one example. I mean, there's tons of examples of Jesus correcting, but yeah, so here's all of his disciples like, oh, I'm the greatest because mm -hmm. I do this. I'm the greatest because I did this. And yeah. Jesus walks in and he's like, you fools, like... No, here's the truth. If you want to be great, you are yeah. the least. You know, he tells them other places that, you know, you have to be a servant or a slave to be the great, you know, the greatest. So mm -hmm. if you're going to be a disciple maker, you're going to have to be comfortable with correction because you're discipling people who don't know the faith yet. Right. Yeah, so, you can't have, be that people pleaser to the one you're discipling. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of point number um, two here. And then the last one we wanted to leave you with as we get ready to wrap this up is that you need to encourage them and build their faith. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you want to read John 14, 12 through 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Yeah, so you're constantly building this encouragement that like, hey, like, you know, whatever I've taught you, you're going to do this. You know, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to preach and you're going to you're gonna knock on doors. You're going to get people saved. You're 
like, you know, that's just a simple example, but it's that constant building up. You're going to correct. It's like you do with the kid, right? Kind of like the, I love you sandwich or whatever. Like, I love you. You really screwed up here. I love you. You know, like <laughs> I've never heard because <laughs> that's the way Like you don't want to just constantly be correcting and crushing people. And I right, get right. in trouble with this with my own kids. I'm probably a bit too harsh on them, but that's the idea is that you're constantly building this faith up and then you teach them where they're wrong, but you build it up so that you don't mm-hmm. lose them in the process. So, you know, obviously Jesus did this and that's where we're getting our example from. So that's kind of the idea of discipleship. We'd love to hear if you guys have any other ideas or things that you can think of that a disciple should be doing mm-hmm. or a discipler, disciple maker should be doing. We'd love to yeah. hear from you. And uh, as we get ready to wrap this up. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, if you ahead. have someone in your life who discipled you, let us know like what they did and maybe a testimony of what were your struggles and where they challenged you and helped you grow. I would love to hear someone's testimony of after they were saved in, in their walk. If someone actually came behind, uh, came beside you and invested in you like that. Yeah. And just kind of had the thought as you were kind of talking about that, that if you aren't actively like discipling somebody right now, I think you should seek it out. Um, you know, if you have children or something, then there's a discipleship opportunity. But if you don't, I think you can't, you shouldn't just be a Christian on an Island. Um, if you've got this knowledge in your brain, you should be like Jesus. You should be out seeking people that you can teach and lead. So I don't know what that looks like in your life or in my life, but it should be something that we are looking for, not just waiting to happen to us. You know, it could be a Bible study or a small group. You know, that's kind of the hotness in church right now is small groups. And those aren't necessarily discipleship opportunities, but you can make it a discipleship opportunity. Um, Meet other people. Yeah. So don't just sit by and wait for someone to come to you. You know, if you're not discipling now, you should be actively looking for somebody to disciple and help grow. There's a whole world of lost Mm -hmm. and dying people that are like, if you're lonely, you go to church and you don't really know anybody, just pray, ask God to show you and to make a way to find someone who you can pour into. If you know the way to go, there's a bunch of people in church who, who are still lost, who don't have someone to say, follow me. Definitely. So stick around for Friday where we kind of look at this from the discipled point of view. And uh, otherwise, that's all we got for you guys today. We love you. God bless. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.